Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's going to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And look, it's good to be back. Um, I'm back. I've done some traveling around for, for work and a bit of bit of vacation as well. And so I'm finally back with my microphone, finally back recording, not pre-recording, um, but recording as late as I can record it for Brian Anthony Davis, bad to be able to publish it in time for you guys to listen to it. So um, it's good to be sort of back into the swing of things, just like I'm so- sure the Steelers front office and the Steelers players are happy to be back in, you know, getting into the swing of things as we get closer um, toward the season. So look, last week with the Kenny Pickett podcast, um, we basically wrapped up all the draft picks, um, which was that long series since the draft that um, we basically went and did a weekly review of each pick. This week, I'm not going to do a deep dive with Ogan Joby um, and all those sorts of things that you might expect. Um, now, Ogan Joby, I do want to say for those that are avid listeners um, of this show, on the, on the 10th of February, we talked about this on this show. We talk, I talked about Ogan Joby. I also talked in March about how Kazee would be a really good backup um, for Terrell Edmonds, but that Terrell Edmonds was the best choice of what was available um, at a good price point after Tyron Matthew. Uh, I was doing basically I, in the last few weeks, I've been going back and listening to a few different parts of old podcasts to sort of see some of the things that we've covered off. Um, I always have my notes, but there's always things that I say in this podcast that never relate to the, the notes that I've got or, or, or an offshoot of it. So um, it was interesting, some of the moves they've made and some of the moves we've talked about on this show. So in today's show, I thought I'd recap some of the draft picks um, from our AFC North rivals and us in context um, as a reminder, a bit of a recap um, on the on the show that we did right after the draft as well, where I talked a bit about Steelers rankings. And so what I've basically done over the, the course of this show, we're going to have a look at the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, and obviously our Pittsburgh Steelers, and where each pick they made ranked and whether they got some value at those positions. Now, one of the things I was going to do in preparing this podcast, and I started to do it, um, and then I and then it became apparent that it wouldn't be necessary, which in some respects, thank, like thank God. But what I was going to do was basically point score based on the rankings um, with each team and assign a numerical value um, based on where they ranked in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50, where they ranked from the draft network and where they they ranked in pro football network. However, we haven't actually needed to do that because of the fact that there's some players that don't um, have a ranking in across all three of DJ's top 150, the draft network and PFN um, and pro football network. But then also um, it basically the, 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 what I was going to try and prove with the points um, didn't need to be proved by the points. It became very clear with the rankings, you know, who sort of drafted the top players um, with a certain number of picks. So let's, let's kick off with the, with the Baltimore Ravens, um, you know, the rat birds, as we like to call them, um, you know, the team that lives closest to where three of our BTSC staff members live in Maryland, in Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis, which I think is quite funny. You've got the, that tremendous trio living in, you know, almost the heart of Baltimore. Um, but let's recap it. So 
They drafted Cole Hamilton in round one at pick number 14, Tyler Linderbaum at 25, David Ajabo at 45 in round two, uh, Travis Jones um, at pick 76 in round three. In round four, they drafted Daniel Fialele, Jalen Armand Davis, Charlie Kohler, Jordan Stout, the punter, Isaiah Likely, Damarian Williams, and then in round six, they drafted Tyler Batty. Now, Kyle Hamilton was the fifth player um, in DJ's top 150. He was the first player um, for TDN in, in TDN's list in terms of talent and their mock, and their you know ratings for players. And for Pro Football Network, he was the second best player. So they got him at 14. Really good value there. Tyler Linderbaum um, from out of Iowa. Uh, DJ's top 150. He was 27th. Um, the Draft Network had him 13th. Pro Football Network had him 16th. David Ajabo obviously has suffered that injury during the the workouts um, and during his, you know, I think it was his pro day, um, but he was, you know, ranked 49, 49th out of DJ's top 150, um, TDN 24th, Pro Football Network 8. So really everyone, he got value at 45 there, um, even if you think, you know, he was slightly outside where he got picked, it was slightly earlier than DJ's ranking. Travis Jones out of UConn, um, obviously one of my draft crushes, a draft crush for several people behind the steel curtain and, and some of our listeners as well. Um, but he was the 37th ranked player in DJ's top 150. The TDN had him at 51. Pro Football Network had him at 55. So to draft him at 76 is a lot of value. Daniel Fialele, he was someone that people picked mid-second to the end of the fourth. He was drafted at 110. Um now, his ranking for DJ was 98 out of top, the top 150. TDN had him at 62. Pro Football Network had him at 76. Jalen Armour Davis, uh, the cornerback out of Alabama, um, who someone I didn't really take a deep look at. Um, he was picked at, at 119th overall in round four. DJ had him at 81. TDN had him at 152. And PFN had, had him at 79. So, they kind of they got good value out of him, even if he's not someone that was on the radar for a lot of people. And I'm with first to admit he wasn't on my radar, but he is definitely when I did some rankings background, he did pop up there as a good prospect. Um, Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State. So, you know, in round four, there were two tight ends that one that could have been drafted anywhere from the end of the second through the fourth. Baltimore got both of them. Um, they're slightly different in what they do. Um, but Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State, DJ's top 150 was 106, TDN 171, PFN 165. They got him at 128. So depends whether you're going to go off DJ's top 150 or you're going to go off the other two. But, you know, certainly he, he sort of was picked in the right round um, and he was one of the better tight ends on the board. Jordan Stout, the punter, was picked really early, you know, for a lot of people, but he was ranked 148 out of DJ's top 150 PFN and the draft network didn't have him. Um, so, you know, he's slightly outside of that, but that's what they wanted to do. Isaiah Likely, he was 124th in DJ's top 150 TDN had him at 65 pro football network at 56. They picked him at 139th overall. Um, Damarian Williams cornerback out of Houston. Um, he was 193rd in TDN's list um, of top players. PFN had him at 263, wasn't as part of DJ's top 150. And then Tyler Batty didn't have a ranking in the top 150, didn't have a, but did have a ranking in TDN of 108 and PFN 137. They drafted him at 196. So what's the takeaway for the Ravens in their draft class? 
Well, the takeaways for the Ravens in their draft class is that almost all their picks, nine out of 11 picks, that a lot of picks. Um, now, nine out of 11 were in the top 150 for DJ. The other thing to note is that the Ravens are the only team in the last decade to have two um, first, two third or fourth round picks that became pro bowlers while on their rookie contract. And they had that twice. And they would they basically had two instances out of five instances, and obviously it's the same team. So only four teams that have done that over the last decade um, with those multiple picks. So to have multiple ones in round four to get the value they got in rounds two or three, they did have a really good draft. Put Kyle Hamilton, which was an absolute steal, where they got him, and Tyler Linderbaum. Some people say a steal aside. These middle rounds, they you know usually you only need two decent starters and one, you know, pretty good starter or really good depth piece. If you're lucky, you know, get a second depth piece. Um, And that's, you call it a good draft. They could walk away with easily six or seven players out of these 11 players easily. Um, So it is a really good draft from the Ravens. And and for me, it's what you look at what they got in round four um, and round three, you know, outside those top two rounds, you know, day, day two and day three of the draft were big for them. And it was really day two. Um, that was particularly, sorry, it was mostly day three. Um, sorry, because obviously got rounds two and three on day two. But round three, round day three of the draft was massive for them. They did terrifically well um, in the seven picks they've got. So now they've got to live up to the hype. Now, most of their players um, in the in the first, you know, uh, two picks had a, a grading or the majority of gradings were in the top 20. Um, they were the only, um, they had the most, top 20 players out of the whole AFC North. They had the only top fives in the AFC North and they were basically had all rankings 55 or better for their first four picks. That's pretty incredible um, considering the, you know, the, the fourth pick they made was, you know, the 76th, um, plot, you know, you know, overall pick in the draft, and then it, you know the the second one they or their round two pick was number forty five. So they did pretty well there, um, and they were a hundred or better for the first five picks with their rankings because Daniel Fialele in round four was drafted at spot one hundred and ten, um, but he had a ranking of ninety eight as we said with DJ sixty two with TDN and seventy six for PFN. So. They got some tremendous value. As I say, you've got to look outside Carl Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, and the Ravens did pretty well from that perspective. So moving on to the Cleveland Browns, um, and then in part two, we'll talk about the Steelers and the Bengals. Well, I'm going to preface this by saying, I'm going to give you the disclaimer, the, the summary of the Browns first, because you've got to, you're going to go who with the name, so you may as well hear the disclaimer first. It's definitely a Browns is the Browns situation. Um, now, the highlights for them are the David Bell and Perry on Winfrey picks, but you can't help but think the whole league um, that clearly was a bit down on Winfrey, even though he got MVP at the Super Bowl, that they're wrong. Like, it's kind of hard not to take that field versus trusting the Browns that they got the right guy here. Now, he's probably the best value pick along with the running back that they picked on day three. Um, you'll get his name in the moment. Um, but the wide receiver, you know, as I looked at him, he was a name that wasn't really on my radar um, out of Oklahoma. When I looked at some of the background on him as part of putting together the notes on this podcast, I was a bit like, hmm, this guy could be a surprise and really develop. 
Um, but it's really hard to argue that their their second pick of the draft in round three um, was the right pick where he was. Um, so I, I think the Browns have had a pretty awful draft, but if they can get hit on the running back and and Perry and Winfrey um, and David David Bell, the wide receiver who they took 99th in round three, um, if, if he can develop all right, then it, it'll be a it'll be a pass mark on the draft. But let's look at let's look at who they drafted. So they drafted Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State. He was ranked 125th in DJ's top 150. TDN had him at 126. Pro Football Network at 100. Um, so pretty pretty standard consensus there, but certainly a lot weighted than number 68 overall. 78 um, was Alex Wright, defensive end. Um, DJ had him at 82nd, TDN had him at 218, and PFN at 95. So considering you've got Pro Football Networks, you know, and the PFN ratings I'm giving you are the consensus ratings across all their different contributors, including a guy like Tony Pauline. Considering the 82 and the 95, I think Alex is definitely better than some of the stuff that I sort of thought about him. Definitely a fair amount better than TDN. Um, you know, you've got someone in the know with Daniel Jeremiah, PFN. You've got, you know, again, guys that are really in the know too, not just looking at that college film, but looking at what NFL teams really want. But 78 still feels a little bit high. Um, now, if they drafted David Bell, who they drafted 99th overall at 78, and it was all the way around, you'd probably say it was a decent value. Now, DJ had him at 115th. Um, probably be, he's weighted down because of the wide receivers that are in this draft and the speed they showed. And he ran like a four, six something um, at the combine and at, at a pro day. Um, TDN had him at 42 and pro football network had him at 132. So he probably, it's hard with TDN. They, they valued that on his production. I remember them talking about David Bell several times in, in their shows. You know, you're probably looking at a guy there that, it's different strokes for different folks. Some teams will say he was overdrafted. Other teams would say he was, you know, um, great value at, at pick number 99. You got Perrin Winfrey at 108. Now, DJ had him at 65. TDN had him at 37. PFN had him at 36. 108's great value. Um, when he was there in the third round, you kind of thought, oh, the Steelers going to go there. Um, and that, you know, they obviously went um, the DeMarvin Leal instead. Um, but you you sort of wondered whether they would go Perrin Winfrey in that round three spot. Um, when he was still sitting there on four, I'm like, gee, you double up at that move. I remember saying it on, on Zoom, but um, that was obviously before the Calvin Austin pick anyway. They drafted Cade York, the kicker out of LSU at 124th overall. DJ had him at 111 um, in his top 150. TDN and PFN didn't rank him. Um, I... There's too many good players on the board. I can't. I can't agree with that decision. I'm sorry. Um, Jerome Ford was drafted in 156 overall in round five on day three. Um, he was not in DJ's top 150. Probably would have made the top 180 if he'd done 180. TDN had him at 109. PFN at 94. I think he's great value at 156 out of Cincinnati. He's someone that I was open to for the Steelers as a second running back behind Nick Chubb, behind a couple of the other guys they've got. Um, you know, I think that that is a re- he could really be a hitter for them and really be someone that we don't enjoy having to play, um, particularly just to add to that running stable that they have there with the Cleveland Browns. Mike Woods, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma, he was drafted number uh, 202 in the sixth round. He's the one that I think could spring some surprise. The only person that rated him was TDN at 175. And then Isaiah Thomas, 
Um, he was drafted out of edge out of Oklahoma at 223rd overall, round seven. PFM ranked him at 93, didn't make DJ's top 150, didn't make the draft network's rankings that I could find. Their ranking system is very hard to look at with that platform. Um, it's like 20 pages of like only 20 picks at a time, I think it is. Um, so that does make it easy. But I went through every single page three or four times, did not see his name there. Um, but even still, he was picked at 223, wasn't in that DJ's top 150. PFN had him um, at 93 there. Oklahoma do sometimes get weighed down by the, the what they do on defense but with that that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers war room join me for part two we'll talk about the Bengals talk about the Steelers and we'll wrap up this week's Steelers war room And we're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin. Oh, uh, I said Kevin Golden. Now, nah, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, uh, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, uh, Rooney the second, and the rest of the Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that will compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so before we end the part two, I just want to say, if you're not listening to Behind the Steel Curtains, family and podcasts, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Jeff's Let's Ride. You've got the Curtain Call with Jeffrey Benedict. You've got Stat Geek on Thursdays. You've got this show on Wednesdays, The War Room. You've got The Draft Fix. Um, you've got the, the Power Half Hour or the show with the Ohioans. I know the name changes um, as well. You've got a bunch of different other, other shows. You've got uh, The Scobro Show. You've got what's usually the Hangover Podcast. You've got the Curtain Call. Um, you've got the preview on Thursday nights and Friday nights. You've got Touchdown Under um, with Marky D and myself. You've got Six Pack with Tony. You've got the We Run the North Show. You've got the Here We Go, the Steelers Show. Um, I don't think I've missed anything there, but there's a lot of shows on the Sunday night Q&A in the off-season. There's plenty of shows that will be able to, and how could I forget as well what Ian's talking about? There's a show for everyone. There's a show for all different tastes and preferences, um, you know, but I hope you're enjoying Steelers War Room and I hope you're enjoying the Behind the Steel Curtain family podcast. And of course, the articles on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So talking about Pittsburgh Steelers, let's recap the Steelers picks. Look, I think the analysis here really is that we, the Steelers beat the rankings for their players over the first four picks in terms of they got value. They picked them generally apart from Kenny Pickett um, even then, um, but we'll talk about why I think that's value. They drafted everyone well after what their ranking was or pretty close to. So I think there's really good value there. The only one that really outlies that is Pickens, um, but he's arguably got the highest ceiling because he's like, these are rankings. You got to look at what's on tape and, there are other things. There was the injury with him. There's the quirky character with him. People were like, uh, no, he needs the right locker room. But if he hits, these rankings mean jack all, right? Um, if he hits. So that's the challenge for him. Um, but the one thing I would say is when you look at round seven and we're the only team with a round seven, or the second team with a, yeah, sorry. We're one of three teams with a, the seventh round pick, but we were the only team with multiple seventh round picks. And, you know, we look like we've taken the biggest flyers there. And I know that the word flyers doesn't really 
sit well with a lot of Pittsburgh fans. I am a Flyers fan. I'm not sure I love these two picks. Um, Jury's out on those guys. Let's see what they can do on the practice squad, basically. But Kenny Pickett was taken number 20th overall, as you know. He was 24th on DJ's top 150, 33 with TDN, 31 with PFN. TDN really marked him down. Um, I think on some of that agility to Malik Willis, um, Pro Football Network again. I think, you know, they were a bit harsh on his valuation as well. Um, you know, if you listen to the Pat McAfee interview with him in the last 48 hours, you can tell like people clearly did have it out for him in some ways. Like Kenny Pickett, he only needs to be a decent starter and he proves that he should have been top 10. Um, the Steelers got lucky where they got him, I think, in terms of he could have been picked up way earlier. Uh, and, you know, if the right teams would pick in certain places or people, you know, trade, trading up and what have you. There was also a lot of talent other positions that people probably were willing to, you know, pass on the quarterbacks um, in this draft. But we'll see with Kenny Pickett. At the end of the day, the rankings were outside um, the position that he was drafted at. George Pickens was drafted at 52. He was 61 for G- DJ's top 150, 63rd for TDN and 89th for Pro Football Network. I think he will well prove that he was a top 30, 40 player um, by the time, you know, his career or at least his rookie deal comes to a close. So excited for that. DeMarvin Leal at 84, he was 89th for DJ's top 150, 29th for PFN, and um, sorry, 29th for TDN, 52nd for PFN. So great value there in the drafting of DeMarvin Leal. Calvin Austin at 138 beat all the rankings for him. DJ had him at 131. TDN, the Draft Network, had him at 61st, um, and Pro Football Network had him at 104th. So, again, at 138, you're seeing a lot of value there. Like, he even beat DJ's top 150 ranking. He beat that too. Connor Haywood, um, 208th. His rankings, he didn't have one with DJ's top 150. He was 222nd with TDN and 279th um, for PFN. But that also has to do with the position you know, if they had him in there as the tight end of being able to do different flex, he might have been able to rank higher up that board um, potentially. But, hey, it's his, it's his chance to prove that wrong. And then Mark Robinson and Chris Oladokun are seventh-round picks. They weren't ranked, which is why I say we've, we're kind of taking the biggest flyers there when you look at the other, you know, sixth and seventh-round players that are AFC North competitors have drafted. They've drafted ranked guys. Um, and some guys even have a rank in the top, you know, 100 or one, you know, 150 as well. Um, so that, that is a bit of a difference toward the end of the draft with the Steelers. But look, the Steelers are playing, you know, the usual sensible draft game. Let's, we've got to hit with our number one. If we can get a good starter at number two, great. Number three, even better. Um, and number four can be a contributor. And then who knows with the six round pick. So you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with that with that overall draft, and not every pick is going to work out. So I, I love the draft that they've done. And to close out the show, we'll look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so before I go into the the overall summary for what they did in this draft, Daxton Hill was drafted 31st overall. That was a great pick for them. He was ranked 21st in DJ's top 150, 17th um, with the Draft Network, and 24th with Pro Football Network. Cam Taylor-Britt was dropped. The cornerback out of Nebraska was drafted 63rd. Um, sorry, he was drafted 60th. His DJ, rank with DJ was 63rd. His rank with the draft network was 85, and his rank with Pro Football Network was 92nd. I thought he was drafted early as well, but some the good cornerbacks have started to fly off the board, and he was probably the best overall like tackling cornerback 
a bigger back as well. Um, I'm not surprised they went to do that, particularly after getting Daxton Hill, you know, who they can flex at safety um, or a cornerback. He makes sense. He solves an issue that they had. So that's up to them to decide whether he's overdrafted. But, he, you know, he was drafted earlier than his rankings suggested. Um, but pretty in line with DJ's top 150. So I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't know DJ had him that high until I went back to do this part, this podcast. Zachary Carter out of Florida, defensive tackle. There were really differing ratings on him through the draft process. Wasn't ranked by Daniel Jeremiah in the top 150. TDN had him at 100 and Pro Football Network at 98. He was drafted at 95. So pretty on with that. Um, but again, you know, if you think that Travis Jones was taken 78th, pairing Winfrey 108th, um, kind of interesting that they took Zachary Carter where they did. Uh, I think they would have taken Leal, actually, to be honest, if, if he was available. Um, Cordell Volson, their pick, who I talked about on several different Steelers war rooms, um, he didn't make Dan, DJ's top 150. I think a historical look back would probably, in his year's time, would say he should have. Um, but TDN had him at 128th, um, Pro Football Network at 230. A lot of people just classified him as a tackle, but through the draft process, he was playing guard. And if you treat him as an offensive lineman, I think he deserves a top 150 ranking. Um, I think PFN's a little bit unfair there. I think TDN might be a little bit ambitious if that's his tackle ranking. Um, Tyson Anderson, the safety out of Toledo, uh, he was ranked 132nd by DJ, um, 164th by TDN, and 196th for PFN. He was drafted at 166th. Um, so kind of value there if you look at just TDN and, and DJ as well. Um, Pro Football Network, you know, some of those guys are very skewed in there where they pick guys and then there's sort of an average that plays into gear when they do their top um, their, their top list or their consensus list. So I think with Tyson Anderson, um, he's, a, he's a wait and see at the end of the day. He's a fifth-round draft pick, so he's going to have to prove something. And then Jeffrey Gunter, um, 160 for PFN, 274 for TDN, not in, Jeff, not in Daniel Jeremiah's top 150. Um, Drafted at 202, one of the last picks of the draft, well, the last few picks. I mean, it's hard to rank that. He's a seventh-round draft pick. TDN had him way out. Didn't make DJ's 150. As I said, you wouldn't expect that as a seventh-round draft pick. And, you know, he's drafted really early if you compare him to PFN. Let's see. He's out of Coastal Carolina. They play a different type of football out there. So we'll see. But the Bengals with these, these picks, they got better in key positions they're looking for. They needed depth. Um, at the safety and defensive back positions. They address that in this draft. They got a guy like Zachary Carter who can develop. Um, you know, so whilst the rankings outweigh, outweighed wildly for the pick spot for some of these draft picks they made, um, you know, Carter, for what he was ranked, he was on, as I mentioned there. I think Bolson will deliver value. Cam Taylor Britt could, you know, he only needs to play better than those rankings to live up to you know, to where he was drafted. And that's the difference. But Daxton Hill was a great steal. Like, so if they get a depth piece in Volson, a depth piece in Carter, Cam Taylor Britt's a third or fourth cornerback for them. Um, Tyson Anderson contributes on special teams and Daxton Hill's a, a long-term starter. That's a great draft from a Bengals team that bought well in free agency. They bought well in free agency um, and that made the Super Bowl last year. And, and that's terrific for them. So to wrap this week's Steelers war room up, I mean, we've clearly got some competition um, in the AFC North after this draft class, these draft classes. 
The Steelers have picked well. We know the Steelers have good coaching. We know the Steelers have got guys at key positions. And that's the thing. You can draft the best-ranked player at a position or you can draft really good value at a position, but how are they going to contribute on game day? Because that's what really counts. And I think with the Steelers, we've got the first five guys really should be able to do that, um, even if it takes Kenny Pickett a little while to get in, work his way into the team. No doubt the Ravens, if they hit, terrific. But they're going to have to hit. They've got to pay Lamar Jackson. They've paid you know, um, Marcus Williams the free safety. They've got guys on the line they're going to have to pay. Like They need to hit these guys. And they've also had good drafts for several years now or won the draft. And they're not done anything with it. So, you know, jury's out there. I think this is potentially one of the, the better draft classes they're going to have had. I think there's better names and better product, proven production in this list. But they've got to prove it on the field. The Bengals definitely filled a few key spots that were somewhat and somewhat the Achilles heel, both through free agency and the draft. Again, how do they get those guys up to speed? How do they bring, bring them in? But this is part of changing the culture at the Bengals and making them a winning franchise. And the Browns, well, the Browns is the Browns. Like they better hope David Bell and Winfrey hit. Jerome Ford, I think, will be do well for them. But at the end of the day, like Deshaun Watson's probably not playing this season. These draft picks don't fix that problem. These draft picks don't fix other problems on that roster. And so, you know, as I say, I think that the Browns are going to Browns this up. Um but with that, that's this week's Steelers Warren. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Looking forward to speaking to you next week. Got a few surprises for next week's show. And as always, go Steelers. Yeah.